Before we dive into today's episode, I want to introduce you to The Cobble Group, which is our sponsor here at the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast. You know, one of the most frustrating parts of being a commercial real estate investor can be finding and leasing your next deal. And that's exactly why you need a brokerage partner like The Cobble Group. The Cobble Group is a commercial real estate brokerage based in Tennessee, helping buyers, sellers, and landlords navigate the world of buying, selling, and leasing commercial properties. Whether you're interested in office, retail, industrial, or some specialty type of commercial, the Cobble Group has you covered. While the firm largely focuses within the state of Tennessee, they've worked on projects from new construction development in Kentucky, all the way to single-tenant net lease investments in Texas, and can likely help you with your next investment project. Check out their website at thecobblegroup.com. That's T-H-E-C-A-U-B-L-E group.com. Or reach out directly to the office by email at office at thecobblegroup.com. Now, let's get into today's show. This week's episode, originally aired on our YouTube channel, which you can just find by searching for my name, Tyler Cobble, on YouTube. So if any references don't quite make sense, feel free to check out the show notes for a link to the original video. Here we go. Today, we're discussing the different types of commercial real estate that you can invest in. And as always, I will leave a comment below with a table of contents if you'd like to skip around. There's a different type of commercial real estate to fit every investor. Whether you're looking for the flashy, sexy look that comes from investing or more rugged, under the radar approach, there's an asset type for you. Here are the five primary types of commercial real estate that you can invest in. Number one, multifamily. Simply put, Multifamily real estate is residential property with more than one unit. For investors transitioning from residential to commercial real estate investing, multifamily properties are an easy first step since the tenant base is already familiar. Having multiple tenants within a single property creates multiple income streams, which helps remove a bit of the risk of the investment. If one tenant moves out of an apartment complex, chances are you won't notice a big hit to your bottom line since you have many other tenants continuing to pay rent. The multifamily asset class includes everything from duplexes with two tenants to apartment buildings housing hundreds. Here are the different types of multifamily real estate. Duplexes, triplexes, and quadplexes. Like their name implies, duplexes, triplexes, and quadplexes are two, three, and four unit properties respectively. While plexes are considered multifamily since they have multiple units on one property, they provide tenants with a more residential home feel. Each of these units typically has its own entrance and they're similar in size. These types of units are fairly commonplace in all markets across the United States and may have been originally constructed for multiple tenants or renovated over the years for such accommodations. According to the National Multifamily Housing Council, close to 20% of renters live in a Plex property. Garden apartments. Garden apartments are typically three to four story walk-ups with anywhere from 50 to 200 plus units. This type of multifamily is often found in the suburbs where they can be spread out and offer surface parking. Units in a garden style apartment complex are often studio, one, two, and three bedroom apartments and may or may not have patio space and private balconies. There are usually a collection of these apartment buildings on a single property, which may share amenities such as pools, clubhouses, playgrounds, 
dog parks, laundry rooms, fitness centers, and more. Mid-rise apartments. Mid-rise apartments are typically between four and 11 stories and house anywhere from 30 to 100 plus units. These projects are found closer to the urban core where developer can justify spending the money for elevator service and garage style parking. Now these complexes tend to be newer or renovated due to the current demand for urban living and as such may offer modern amenities like recording studios, libraries, and dog washing stations. Walkable access to local conveniences like coffee shops and nightlife often drive demand for mid-rise apartments. High-rise apartments. High-rise apartments are typically 12 plus stories and can house 100 plus units. These apartment buildings are found in the urban core of larger markets, often in and around the heart of the central business district. Like mid-rise apartments, these projects are heavily amenity driven with elevator service, garage style parking, and can even offer restaurants and cafes on the ground floor. The walkability factor also drives up demand and pricing for these units in high-rise apartment complexes. Student housing. Just like the name implies, student housing projects are designed to house college and university students. As such, they are located near educational centers and may be owned by an investment group, as well as universities and colleges. Student housing is designed with common areas in mind first, so as to drive the residents from their rooms to socialize with their neighbors. Your typical apartment housing is quite the opposite, where residents expect to have more privacy in a self-contained living unit. This type of multifamily, like senior and assisted living, has a very different model than the other products in this asset class and requires specialized knowledge. Senior and assisted living. Senior and assisted living is designed to provide housing for the elderly and aging population. Developers like to place these projects within the neighborhoods that have a pre-existing senior population so the residents don't have to travel too far. These projects offer their tenants a higher level of support than other types of multifamily, such as on-call or in-house medical professionals, housekeeping, meal service, etc. Residents in senior and assisted living facilities may have their own private space or can save money by having roommates. These complexes often have a dedicated wing for memory care patients who need specialized attention. Number two, office. Similar to multifamily, a major factor that draws investors to office real estate is the multi-tenancy. Depending on the style of the building and where it's located, the property can have one to dozens of tenants. Office spaces are further broken up into class A, class B, and class C assets, depending on their age and quality. Office investing can be more capital intensive than other types of commercial real estate, largely due to the cost of turning over and building out space for incoming tenants. However, because of the cap rate valuation on commercial real estate, offices can command some of the highest values in any market. Here are the types of office real estate. Central Business District, CBD. Office buildings located in the Central Business District are intended to house some of the city's largest companies, such as Amazon, Bank of America, etc. The CBD is characterized by high density development. So these buildings are often mid to high rise buildings with structured parking and elevator access. The ability for a company to have naming rights to a building in the CBD may be a determining factor for them when relocating their headquarters. In most American cities, the CBD may be home to the city's financial district, but will often have entertainment and retail options. A number of professional services companies prefer to locate within these buildings due to the convenience and walkability factors. Commercially zoned homes. Commercially zoned homes are often a favorite for smaller local professional services companies. As they sound, they are former residential units 
typically older homes, that have been rezoned or repurposed for commercial use. Here, you'll have a strong base of accounting firms, law firms, and other businesses that prefer to forego that corporate feel that a traditional office building might bring. Many tenants here also enjoy the hominess that this type of office space can bring with full kitchens, patios, and fenced-in backyards. Tenants are also able to lease these buildings on a standalone basis, so they won't have to deal with the constant interruptions of other tenants. Medical office. Medical office space is professional space designed around the needs of the medical field and can be among the most valuable and stable investments in the office world. Tenants here can be any business from your local dentist to major surgery centers and hospitals. Medical tenants tend to spend quite a bit on their build-outs, upwards of $200 per square foot, due to the requirements of their industry and their high standard of aesthetics. Since medical tenants often need more plumbing, larger elevators, and other specialized amenities, these leases tend to be seven to 10 plus years. Medical professionals also tend to stay in place for the long term since the cost of moving and everything involved is so high. Suburban office buildings. Suburban office space is built outside of the core and typically service parked. These buildings may or may not have elevator service and can be as large as a mid-rise. Businesses may choose these locations over the downtown core for several reasons. The location may be more convenient for them and their employees or clients. They don't have to commute and fight the downtown traffic and pricing is often more affordable than the core. Similar to garden style apartments, suburban office can assemble into office parks with several different mid-rise buildings situated in a campus-like setting. Because of this style, Suburban office buildings also tend to have a significant amount of green space and amenities. Number three, industrial. Industrial properties widely range in size and use, and this asset class has taken off over the last economic cycle thanks to the rise of delivery. This class certainly has a different feel from the others and isn't as polished or sexy. However, Industrial can be one of the best real estate assets to invest in thanks to its flexibility and lower cost of entry. These tenants often tend to stay in their locations for extended periods of time since there are few reasons for them to really relocate. Here are the types of industrial real estate. Bulk warehouse. Bulk warehouse properties are the largest industrial product and are typically in the 50,000 to million plus square foot range. Typically 5% to 10% of the overall square footage in these buildings is dedicated to office area with the remainder housing warehouse space. Bulk warehouses tend to have lower parking ratios than other types of industrial real estate since there are often fewer employees working in this property type and very little to no customer traffic. These properties are usually regional distribution for various types of products and require strong accessibility for trucks entering and exiting the highway systems. This type of industrial real estate is ideal for tenants in the logistics and distribution realm that need to ship goods to businesses or consumers, and location is a key factor for them because of that accessibility. You will also find a concentration of this type of industrial near airports, depending on the type of product they are needing to receive and distribute. Flex Warehouse As the name implies, Flex Space is a flexible industrial product that may easily accommodate a wide range of uses. Now, These warehouses usually have at least some portion of office space connected to the warehouse and can widely range in size 
to fit your small mom and pop plumber to regional granite distributors and more. This product is utilized for many different purposes and is often designed to be easily retrofitted to meet any incoming industrial tenants needs. Flex spaces often have slightly lower ceiling height than their bulk warehouse counterpart, typically below 21 feet, and also have a larger portion of office space, upwards of 80%. It isn't uncommon to find overhead loading doors and docks in the flex space environment, but they're often not as easily accessible as bulk warehousing since such an immense amount of load in and load out isn't their primary use. Heavy manufacturing. Heavy manufacturing space is often isolated within the most intense industrialized areas of municipalities due to its use of heavy machinery, chemicals, and power necessities. Think of General Motors and DuPont as tenants for this type of industrial product. These properties are often heavily customized for their current user and their specific requirements, which can include specialized infrastructure, finishes, and power. In fact, this type of industrial tends to lean towards the retail environment in terms of its customization of space per tenant. Heavy manufacturing spaces are often build to suit properties since the cost to renovate and modify an existing warehouse is likely cost prohibitive. Light assembly. Light assembly industrial has a fair amount of crossover with flex space. Unlike heavy manufacturing, light assembly space isn't typically utilized to manufacture materials, simply to assemble them and ship them out to distribution centers. Like flex space, light assembly can also be used for storage and office space, such as call centers and data centers. If used on the data center side, light assembly warehouses will need to take power redundancy and internal cooling into account, since the servers and massive amounts of cabling will be utilizing a significant amount of energy and throwing off heat. Refrigeration and cold storage. Cold storage and refrigeration warehousing is exactly what it sounds like, refrigerated warehousing, intended to store perishable food and products. With the rise in consumer demand for fresher food and grocery delivery, cold storage has increased significantly since 2000. Similar to heavy manufacturing, these spaces are very specialized and build-out intensive, which tends to keep tenant retention on the higher end. Because of the necessity to freeze and maintain the quality of food, refrigeration and cold storage industrial will often have very specific power needs and foundation requirements, since those cold temperatures can often crack concrete slabs. Showroom. Industrial showrooms are a bit of a hybrid between office, retail, and warehousing. This product allows manufacturers to showcase their goods in a more retail setting while having a back-end office with shipping and distribution too. When thinking of showrooms, picture car dealerships and household goods distributors such as Home Depot, where they aim to show, sell, and operate from a single location. Showrooms are often situated along interstates where they can achieve high visibility and easy access for consumers. Storage. Storage units are an interesting, almost hybrid type of industrial multifamily, which is very attractive for many investors. These assets can be both outdoor and indoor, or climate controlled, and can be rented by tenants to store any number of items, from sentimental family mementos to massive trailers. Outdoor units need space to sprawl, so they're typically located further outside of the city, while climate control is often multi-story with elevator access close to the core. As Americans continue to move into smaller and smaller living spaces, storage unit demand will continue to rise. Number four. Retail. Retail real estate is intended to house any business that sells products and services directly to consumers. These projects are located to provide the maximum amount of convenience possible to consumers. While many may say retail is dead, 
It's simply shifting thanks to the rise in delivery. Retail is pivoting to offer more entertainment and experiences, which cannot be replaced through online orders. This real estate asset can range from single standalone restaurants to massive regional shopping centers. Here are the types of retail real estate. Community retail center. Community retail centers are often found in the range of 150 to 350,000 square feet and have larger trade areas. These shopping centers can have any mix of full price and discount retail depending on which anchors occupy the property. They typically offer a range of apparel and other soft goods. Community retail centers are usually occupied by one or more big box retail anchors, such as Kroger, Target, Best Buy, etc. Smaller retailers will often fill in the gaps between these larger anchors, hoping to draw in the same shoppers with their convenience. Outparcel and single-tenant net properties. Retail outparcels are often standalone, single-tenant pieces of real estate. These projects are often located out in front of larger shopping centers with massive draws or situated at high traffic corners. Convenience is king for these operators and they play on the draw of the major thoroughfares and other regional retailers. When thinking of the types of businesses that occupy out parcels or single tenant net properties, picture Starbucks, Panera, Buffalo Wild Wings, and so on. Power centers. A power center is a shopping center that is very heavily anchored by a major regional retailer, such as Walmart or Bass Pro Shops. These shopping centers are often 300,000 plus square feet and located with convenient interstate access. In addition to their inline shops, power centers typically have multiple out parcel buildings intended to provide convenience for the shoppers drawn in by the anchors. These centers are often traded amongst institutional buyers due to their sheer size and scale and the tenants that tend to be highly credit worthy. However, power centers have been heavily impacted by the Amazon effect, which has caused owners to pivot some of their big box vacancies. And while it may seem tough to repurpose the big box space, these suites are ideal for churches, entertainment, and fitness uses. Regional mall. Regional malls can be both indoor and outdoor and feature more specialty, high-end shops, along with entertainment and restaurants. These projects can range from 400,000 to 2 million plus square feet and are also located along major thoroughfares near interstate access. Malls are often anchored by full-line department stores, such as Dillard's or Macy's, along with a number of smaller specialty tenants. Along with apparel and soft goods, these malls can offer high-end fashion, jewelry, entertainment, and restaurants. Many of these projects are being repurposed as well into more lifestyle shopping centers that offer a live, work, and play environment. Strip and neighborhood shopping centers. Strip centers are smaller retail properties, often serving as neighborhood retail, that may or may not be large enough for anchor tenants. These centers are intended to provide customers with their day-to-day -day conveniences. Neighborhood retail has fared very well over the last economic cycle since it provides local residents with conveniences, such as groceries, pharmaceuticals, restaurants, entertainment. These neighborhood shopping centers will typically contain a mix of national, regional, and local small shops retail. Number five, hospitality. Hospitality real estate largely exists to serve travelers, both for business and pleasure. While they can also include entertainment, such as water parks, these projects are often hotels or temporary stay residences. These asset types can range from your typical drop-in motel to large resorts. Here are the types of hospitality real estate. Budget hotels. Budget hotels can often be found just off interstate exits and are intended to capture drivers in need of a cheap place to stay for the night. Since this hospitality type is targeted towards economic travelers, the rooms and furnishings tend to be of lower quality with few 
if any, amenities. Budget hotels include Red Roof Inn, Wakita Inn and Suites, and Motel 6. Extended stay hotels. Extended stay hotels have larger rooms with small kitchens, intended to serve travelers staying for a week or longer. Now, these hotels may have smaller amenity packages, such as gyms or pools, to serve the clientele that may be staying for an extended period of time. Examples of extended stay hotels include Extended Stay America, Marriott's Fairfield Inn and Suites, and Homewood Suites. Full service hotels. Full service hotels are often located within the central business district or tourist areas and offer a number of amenities, such as room service and fitness centers for travelers. Resorts are also included in this hospitality type and may have entertainment on site, such as casinos, amphitheaters, and more. Examples of full service hotels include the Omni, Hilton, and Marriott. Limited service hotels. Limited service hotels don't typically provide the amenities found in full service hotels and are intended to be an affordable option for the business traveler. These rooms tend to be of higher quality than budget hotels, but have little to no amenities in order to keep the costs lower. Examples of limited service hotels include Comfort Inn, Holiday Inn Express, and Hampton Inn. Short-term rentals. Short-term rentals, often found on Airbnb or VRBO, are residential units that operate like a boutique hotel that give travelers a more local taste of the city. Travelers can book anything from a private room above someone's garage to an entire home. So there you have it for the five primary types of commercial real estate that you can invest in. If you like this video, please give it a thumbs up. If you have any questions, feel free to leave me a comment below. And if you're interested in more commercial real estate investing strategies, leasing tips, and market updates, hit that subscribe button.